So I'm driving home and I'm thinking, my identity is gone. I'm no longer the corporate woman who makes X amount of dollars a year. Now what? You know, and that was really where I went into grief because I, I didn't, I couldn't identify who I was anymore. I convinced my practitioner to teach me. It took me two years. So, th so another two years, so nine years, right? He finally agreed and he said, this will turn your life upside down. Hello and welcome to Adventures in Dowsing, podcast number 36 from the British Society of Dowsers. I'm Graham Gardner. Now, as you can tell from the accent, we have a distinctly Californian feel to this episode, as we are featuring a workshop from our 2011 conference with Melinda Iverson in. Uh, Melinda uses a combination of dowsing, intuition and neurolinguistic programming to help her clients access deep-seated mental blockages and heal long-term emotional problems. It's a very interesting workshop and we'll hear more from her in just a moment. But first, let's have a look at the news. Now, you may remember a few episodes ago that I asked you to vote for us in the European Podcast Awards 2011. Well, Adventures in Dowsing, yes, that's this very podcast, was ranked 8th place in the UK non-profit category, which is a fantastic result and much better than I had hoped. Now, we didn't win any of the big prizes, but that's okay, we're in the top 10, so all the more incentive to improve things for next year. So my thanks to everyone who took the time to vote for the podcast. It's great to know that we have that amount of support out there. Uh, now, the uh, latest news on International Dowsing Day on May the 5th, We've just heard that the recently formed Australian Dowsers Society are planning on hooking up with the Victorian Dowsers and South Australian Dowsers for a public dowsing event in the Botanical Gardens at 1pm uh, on May the 5th. Uh, they're going to have a picnic lunch and do various dowsing exercises for salt and fresh water, earth energies, song lines, distressed flora and fauna, and generally show the public how we do our stuff. They add, don't forget your tools, look smart, have a haircut, and don't get lost. Look as if you're enjoying it. You could be on the ABC. Hmm. So you can get in touch with them and find out uh, any updates on that on their new website, australiandowsers.com. And we wish them all the very best with that. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Brown, a professional dowser and causative diagnostician. And you're listening to Adventures in Dowsing from the British Society of Dowsers. Now, let's have a look at a couple of events that are coming up in the next month or two. Uh, the Special Interest Group for Water and Site Dowsing are holding a water workshop with Peter Taylor. That's in North Wales, near Mould. And uh, there is not only uh, instruction in dowsing for water, but there is also the chance to actually drill a borehole with an auger drill to see if your dowsing was correct. So that's uh, certainly worth going along to. And on 19th and 20th of May, Aaron Bray, who's chair of the Water Special Interest Group, is tutoring an Introduction to Water Dowsing course at Chaliswell in Glastonbury. And with large parts of the UK already suffering drought conditions, the ability to douse for water is a valuable skill to have. So well worth attending those two workshops. And uh, our other courses, foundation courses, 14th and 15th of April, uh, I myself am tutoring a foundation course at the Glen Holmes Centre, which is near Bigger in the Scottish Borders. On the 19th and 20th of May, Peter Stott is tutoring a foundation course at Long Compton Village Hall, which is in Warwickshire. 
More details of all these courses and events uh, can be found on the main website at britishdowsers.org. And now, here's our workshop with Melinda. Uh, Melinda Iverson Inn is a health and relationship intuitive, internationally recognised dowser, author, speaker, certified master neurolinguistic programmer and health neurolinguistic programming practitioner. Uh, Melinda is the author of The Spirit of Dowsing, A Beginner's Guide, Becoming Your Own Intuitive Healer, The In Method to Awakening the Healer Within. She's a registered health dowser with the British Society of Dowsers, and her books, works and articles have been featured in Dowsing Today, What's New in Dowsing, and the Journal of the Ozark Research Institute. Here's Melinda. I began my dowsing career because I was ill, really sick, very sick, since about the age of two. And Western medicine was all that was available to my family unit at the time because that's where they were. And when I got old enough to um, start seeking and being able to afford alternative medicine, I went looking for it because I spent the formative part of my years really sick and a guinea pig for different um, drugs that they were testing. Oh, yeah. So um, moving on, I get to dowsing because I was introduced to a dowser in San Francisco, California, of course. I ended up on the West Coast and and saw a a dowser there. And I wasn't actually looking for a dowser. A boyfriend of mine said, I think you should check in with this man. He's been known to help a lot of people. And he had this funny thing that turned, and it was this rod, and it turned, and I would watch it and go, what is he doing with that thing? And how is he getting that information about me from that? Like, what is this about? So I started to become a client. This is how, sort of how he introduced himself. You know, hi, I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but I'll say his first name. Hi, I'm George. And, um, you know, we're here to look at your crap. <laughs> and I was like, he said, if you don't want to do that, there's the door. And I thought, oh, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'm curious now because I'm sure I have plenty. <laughs> so that was my first introduction to dowsing being used as a past life regressive tool. So he was using it to go into past lives and to sort of clean up all of the unconscious obstructions at the emotional and mental level that were happening to me that I couldn't access on my own to help me um, peel, start to peel back instead of the onion, because, you know, I think, God, that's a really... Let's call it the lotus, right? The lotus petals started opening. And um, I was a client for a long time, like nine years, while I worked in corporate America. It never occurred to me that I would ever, in my wildest dreams, be doing anything remotely like what he was doing, and with a little thing like that. So about eight years, seven years or so into this program, I was working for AOL Time Warner, heavy stress, dot-com pressure, you know, you all heard our sad story. Anyway, um, I was one of the 1,500 in the parking lot at Netscape in 2001. It was like this mass, 
you know, everybody out the door, bye, see ya, thanks for showing up, and now you no longer have a job. The whole section where I worked was gone, and, and literally 1,500 people were in the parking lot that day. And I remember crying, and then I, and then it was like, why am I crying? I feel really good. I was driving home, and I was like, oh! Wow, this weight just lifted off of my shoulders. Like, oh my God. I mean, they had me doing PowerPoint presentations at midnight, you know, to prepare for a meeting in Washington. It was like ridiculous, crazy things. So I'm driving home and I'm thinking, my identity is gone. I'm no longer the corporate woman who makes X amount of dollars a year. Now what? You know, and that was really where I went into grief. Because I, I, I couldn't identify who I was anymore. And short story long, I um, convinced my practitioner to teach me. It took me two years. So, th so another two years, so nine years, right? Um, he finally agreed. And he said, this will turn your life upside down. And I didn't really get that at the time. But now I do. I really do. And he taught out of fear, which was a different way than I teach. So I got, first of all, I got scared. And then second of all, I opened Pandora's box. So there I was, terrified, standing in Pandora's box, thinking, my husband said to me one day, hmm, have you gotten in over your head? You know, <laughs> that was the most he ever said. He was very supportive. So I, I couldn't wait for this man to heal me. I was in pain. I would go into these fits of three days of just absolute pain and suffering and torture, and I'd be in bed. And I'd call him, and it would literally take him three days to call me back. And I said, this is silly. You have to teach me. Please teach me. So I went on a journey, and I bought a rod, and I learned. And the first things that I learned about dowsing had nothing to do with water or earth energies. It was all health and well-being at the etheric level. Etheric body tune-ups, rays, meridians, north sky, which is Reiki energy. I learned all of that first. And then the next level was to learn about the emotional body. Talk about opening Pandora's box. God, you open the emotional door and trust me, you're, gonna, you're in for a ride because every thing that's happening to you on an emotional level that's pushing your buttons is going to come up because you've asked for it. So just be ready because that's what's going to happen. As I said in the other talk, you know, imagine you just bought this bright, shiny red car and then all of a sudden you're noticing all the red cars on the highway and in the city. Well, you're working on an emotion, say, of abandonment. All of a sudden, there's all everything having to do with abandonment starts popping up for you, and you get the opportunity to clean it. But you're in control of how fast you take the ride, and some people forget that and they go into victim mode. So, long story again, shorter. Um, I'm here to share this information with you because I believe it to be probably the fastest way to access emotional blockages obstructions on the unconscious level. Now, if they were conscious, you wouldn't have them. Right? How I mean, seriously, would you want to walk around hitting yourself, suffering, right? 
No, people don't do that consciously. They do it on an unconscious level. They just don't know why they're doing it or why they feel the way they feel or what, why they get a charge from a certain word or, or a discussion with something, you know, someone. It just punches a button for them. So this is about accessing the unconscious level, hence the tool which I suggest you use until you don't need it anymore. And when you don't need it anymore, you'll know, and you'll just put it down, and you'll be able to do all of it without the tool, right? But in the meantime, this is a great access to divinity, unconscious, subconscious, um, inner healer, all of the above, team, whatever your beliefs are around that, okay? So use it. Um, all right, let's see. Five steps. The easy, the easy way. <laughs> Five-step method. First of all, you have an issue, right? Someone comes to you and they have an issue. <gasps> Should we do volunteer first? Yeah. Any volunteers for this? And would anyone like to experience a session in front of your peers in a sacred safe place? <gasps> in a sacred safe place. We're not here to judge. We're all adults. We're going to unwrap some packages right here. Are you okay with that? Come on now. So this takes a lot of courage, right, to unwrap your crap, so to speak, in front of people. It does. And because it can, it can, it can, bring, it can bring up visceral responses of anger you know, or kinesthetic tears. Right? You can have visceral responses to this. So we're... Thank you. What is your name? Jillian. Jillian. Nice to meet you, Jillian. And you might have to speak up because they're, um, they're doing a little pod on us. Podcast. So, Jillian, yes? Jillian. Okay. I'm Melinda. Nice to meet you. Oh, you have warm hands. And a lovely smile. Okay, so if Jillian were a client of mine, First of all, we'd be on Skype, and I'd be in my pajamas from the waist down. <laughs> but I would not be shopping for shoes. Don't worry, I'm with you. Um, and uh, Or we would be on headset, in which case I record the calls, and then I email them to you. I download them, and then you get to keep them as part of the process. Okay. Now, the book is mainly about the emotional level only. Since that work, I've been taught to access the mental and the spirit. That's, those, are, those are areas that I will teach later. But this is very important because if you can master the emotional level in yourself to a certain degree so that you can backburner your own stuff to help somebody else, then you'll be able to access those different levels. They're like fabrics, right? The etheric level would be something a little um, like linen, Right? And then the, the emotional level might be something a little less coarse, and then the mental level, and then the spirit level is a lot finer silk, right? So imagine being able to access those later. But today, are we going to do emotional only? No, I'm going to show you all, all of whatever is going to come up today. Okay? Okay. So normally I would, the client's already given me permission. And I would have screened her before, right? I would have heard her voice vibration or 
gotten an email from her and asked if it was appropriate and the highest good and is it okay and all that kind of frequency match, whatever your criteria is for your clients. And since Jillian's here, I already have permission from her. And Source says it's okay too. Good job. <laughs> so the first thing I would do is I would invite Jillian to consciously say out loud to herself, I give myself permission to heal, right? You give yourself permission to heal. Permission yeah, to heal. open up. Give yourself permission to heal. Believe it or not, if they don't say it, oftentimes it doesn't happen. It's like they have to hear their own vibrate. They have to give themselves permission to heal. I don't know why, but that's the way it works. So her inner healer is invited to the party. My inner healer, source, right? My team, her team, whoever's most appropriate from her team. Because they've known her a lot longer than me. Well, how could I be so arrogant as to think that I would know everything about her? Of course not. So her team's known her a lot longer than I have, so I invite them to the party every single time every time so your team is welcome thank you and i've asked her to open herself up and give herself permission to heal and this this particular release and opening um chant prayer mantra whatever you want to call it is in the book revealing the pathway to greater harmony and balance with grace and ease that's what we're asking her to do right reveal the pathway so your inner healer is going to help us and your team okay all right, so we've got that settled. And now, first thing I look and see is, is Jillian in her body? Can any of you tell whether she's in her body or not? Is she in her body? How many think she's in her body? How many think she's not in her body? Good job. <laughs> she's totally not in her body. Now, if I were working with someone who was not an empath or who did not understand the healing realm or doesn't do Reiki, you'll understand because your clients, you're pretty hip to your clients. So even on the phone, I could say to her, come on back, just come on back. Usually they leave for a couple of reasons. Emotionally, they can't handle what's happening mentally or spiritually. There's something going on that's so intense that they're not there or physically, they're in such physical pain they can't stay. Those are the two in the health and well-being area that I've noticed. Something Or something drew them out. They thought they were following something that was the light and it turned out to be false. And it, and it, and it was like candy, you know, I'm going there. And then they go, oops, you know. So I'm just gonna invite, I'm not gonna look and see which one of those is. I'm just gonna gently invite Jillian to please come back because you're in a sacred safe place. Now, when I'm talking to her, I'm not talking to her personality to personality. My inner healer is talking to her inner healer. In other words, my soul and her soul are having a conversation right now. And whatever I'm saying, she's hearing it at the unconscious and superconscious levels. So I'm inviting Jillian and I'm saying, please come back into your body. This is a sacred, safe place. You're okay. You're amongst friends. There's no judgment here. Oh, she has terror. She's in terror. What, she's really terrified of something. Let me, hold on a minute. Let me look. The other thing that I say to clients who have a trouble coming back, 
and this is true, I, I, I only want to speak truth to them. Your special kind of healing energy is needed here on planet Earth. You're needed here. It's important that you're in your body so that you can participate in the healing of this planet. And the, There, see? She did it. She came right in. People don't know that. They need to know that their unique energy signature is very important here. We're not just personalities walking around. Some of us are really called in. Like, we're hanging out upstairs, and they go, Hey, you know, we got a spot for you. You want to show up? And we say, Yeah, we're going in, right? We're, we're not victims. We agree. We're here. We're participants. We're co-creators. And Jillian has a unique energy signature that's very important to the planet, and it's important that you're here. Okay? And she gets that. Okay. So then I look at different levels of her being. I want to know if she's aware of all of the rest of her. So she's in her body, but is she aware of her energy or physical or mental or emotional or spiritual? Normally I would only look at the emotional when I'm teaching this class, but they're going broader today. So she's absolutely not aware of her physical, mental, emotional, or spirit body. So I look at this as, imagine that, what is it, football, cricket, whatever your favorite sport is. Jillian's um, playing these this sport, but part of her's in Bristol playing, and another part of her's in London playing. Maybe her emotional body's over in St. Ives playing. So she's scattered. She's not all in one place. She's all over the place. So we got her back in her body, but we got to pull all the other parts, all the U's, Y-O-U-S, not E-W-E. <laughs> all the U's, we're going to call them back into alignment with who you are. Got it? Okay. That's, what we're, that's where we're going. And I say to the, my team, where are we, we going to go first? We're going to work at the spirit level first. So when I talk about spirit level, I don't mean her divinity. I'm talking about religion, culture of background, you know, all the cruel teachings throughout all the lifetimes of churches and tribal stuff. There's a misunderstanding there somewhere at the spirit level having to do with her connection to God or her version of God because we all have our own unique idea, right? So there's something missing there. There's a, there's a, it needs a little, there's a little information missing. Okay? So let's find that. Oh, I see. So you may have strong convictions, but you feel completely disconnected. You doubt yourself and you doubt your abilities to do what it is you think you're here to do. And people have told you in the past, perhaps, that you're not good enough or that you can't do it or that you're whatever their part of the story is. Does any of that make sense to you or resonate, Jillian? Mm -hmm. Yes? It's okay to speak. <laughs> it's a dialogue. <laughs> yeah. it, it might... I do think I can speak. <laughs> oh, but does any of that resonate with you? Doubt. The doubt, yeah, okay. And doubt, by the way, is a learned behavior. We don't come in with it. You learn it. Therefore, you can unlearn it, right? Okay. So there's doubt, and I get a yes. Say more about your doubt. 
What else is there besides doubt? Just name words if you want to. And I'm tracking her with my pendulum. Yes. I can't put it into words. That's it right there. You're sitting in it. What does it feel like? Say more. Give me more information about your doubt. Because I get doubt at about mm, 80%. So there's 20% more in there somewhere. What's underneath the doubt? If I were to pull the covers back on doubt, what would be lying under it? I have to bring a kind of almost a shielding. See, they're even shaking my pendulum. I'm holding my hand still, and it's so doing to say, it. it will be all right. <laughs> yes, but for some reason, you don't believe your shield. Sometimes I do. Sometimes you don't, though. So say, I believe in my shield. I believe in my shield. Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not buying it. You can sell us. <laughs> I gotta know. So there's some, something missing about this concept of shielding yourself of, that's related to doubt. So there's this, there's a conscious idea of, yes, I shield myself, but unconsciously, mm, it's not happening. So let's figure out what, okay, because that's it. That's where we want to go. We want to go to this concept of doubt. People aren't going to believe me, which leaves me vulnerable, which means that I have to put up some kind of a shield to protect, to protect myself. That's where we're going right now. Okay. So let me see what's going on with that. So you did get it. You knew it came out. It takes a little time. They say, no, I don't understand. Or no, I don't. But if you just let them talk, it, it eventually shows up. As long as you get them more than halfway there, then the rest, they start to unravel themselves. So that was an unconscious concept. Okay, it's unconscious, but it's big enough at the spirit level for them to address it with me or it wouldn't have showed up today. It's important because if you can hit at that level, then it kind of all trickles down into the other places. So if I'm looking at this, let me see what they say about that. What does a shield mean to you? What's your version of a shield? As... Um it's like a connection up to heaven. Say something else. Maybe. Around me. Go someplace else. I'm tracking her. As soon as she gets there, my pendulum is going to go yes. And it's really great if you're an observer and not a dowser because um, that way you don't get lost in the frequencies of what I'm doing and you don't interfere, if that's okay. I don't think it's possible to interfere, but... I just, as observers, some people fall asleep because the frequencies run really high. So if you get really sleepy, it's okay. So tell me more. Well, that's what it is to me. Try something else. Go a different tact. Try, try another way. Go in another door. What does a shield provide to you? What's the purpose of a shield in general? What's the purpose of having a shield in general? To protect. Uh-huh. Say more. And? Do what? Protect and? There's more. And to, how's you, how do you feel when you have a, have a have protection? Confident. Yes. Great. More. Tell me more. Protected and confident and... And if you feel confident, then what do you feel? What do you have? What does it allow you to do or be? 
to say your thing. Yes. But for you, you it's... Are. Yes, exactly. It's about speaking your truth and being who you are, right? Yes. So protection for you isn't just a shield. Protection for you means it gives me confidence, it allows me to be who I am, and it allows me to speak my truth. That's way bigger than just putting on a suit of armor, right? It's very important. It's, impor it's an important idea, okay? So that's the key piece right there, is for you to unconsciously bring forward those ideas. And what was happening was doubt was a way of reminding you that you, in a very convoluted, egoic, obstructive way that you are to be yourself and speak your truth and have confidence. That's a very odd way to do it, yes? But ultimately, you were trying to remind yourself through doubt to be confident, speak your truth, and be in integrity. That's what your doubt was reminding you to do. So now when I say to you, um, I, I, the statement would be something like, I believe in the power of my shield. Now say to me, I believe in the power of my shield. I believe in the power of my shield. You bet you do. Now you do. You get it. Because you didn't quite, there were some pieces missing in there about what it meant to be protected and what that was really trying to show you. You all get that? You see that? That shift took place like that. She just needed a little more information from her own inner healer about what it really meant to have a shield. That's a powerful statement. When you say that, I get a big yes, absolutely, right on. You sold the car to me. I get it, right? I understand. I believe you when you say that. So now at, she's aware of her spirit body. She's in alignment. It's all back. She started at the top. We're going to go to the mental level. We're going to go to the emotional level next. Well done. It's in there. You can do it. And look, she's brightening it's up already. Scary. It's <laughs> that scary to go to the emotional level. Oh, okay. We'll be gentle. <laughs> she um, at the emotional level. What I teach to look for are five, uh, five or six things: at a belief, an idea, a pattern, a program, or a thought form. It ha so happens that Jillian has a thought form of herself that isn't congruent with who she is today. So she's got a picture of herself that's not really her. That's, that she's making all of her decisions through, by the way. Right? That's the filter. So she has a thought form, and that thought form is how old? And I'm going to start three months in the womb. So three months to birth, birth to one, one to five. Between five and ten years of age right now. She's five, she's six, she's seven, she's eight. I get you around eight years of age. So you've got a thought form of yourself at about eight. Are you okay? When you start this emotional work, compassion, you had an illness at eight? Okay. So she still sees that thought form of herself at eight. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to write T, T, so I remember here. Thought form eight. And this is at the emotional level. Okay. So I don't know anything about her. I mean, okay. 
Personality-wise, we've never met, right? We don't correspond. You haven't told me your life story. <laughs> no, no, I didn't even come to you on a lecture. Oh, it's good, because this <laughs> one's way better. <laughs> okay. So, Jillian has a thought form of herself at the age of eight at the emotional level that's not congruent with who she is. Now, in the book, I have a chart. It's a wordless chart. It was a proprietary chart, and um, it's got about 18 different groupings of words. They're highly effective if you use them. Am I going to need to use the chart? No. Okay. So let me just help you find them, okay? So let me let me do the work. You relax. Let your your guys will talk to my guys and we'll folks people. Okay, the first word that comes up is inadequate. And if you were to douse that from the chart, you'd find it to be true. Inadequate. By the way, the chart is full of what you would probably consider non-beneficial words. I call them words because they're just a vibratory frequency. They're not really emotions. So inadequate is one. Loss of support is another one. Now, loss of support could be feminine support, or it could be family, it could be different. There's different interpretations. And I get, um, is there another one? Oh, those are the only two we get today. Lucky us. It's going to be easier than you think. We could have 10. Okay, so then I want to find out which one I want to work with first because the one that's the most significant is the one that might help drop the other one. You understand? Okay, so I'm going to go for loss of support first. And they're telling me something about on your mother's side. Loss of support on your mother's side. I get a yes on that. For some reason that popped in, so I'm going to write it down. I'm going to put mom's side. This might, I have to check and see if this is ancestral or if this is just that lifetime. So this is a present, present lifetime issue. You can go back holographically in time, right? Okay. And I'm supposed to say something about you being loved and wanted at birth. To what degree did she feel loved, wanted, and safe at birth? Oh, that's in the negative. Well, that would certainly do it, wouldn't it? If you did not feel loved, wanted, and safe at birth, and it was in the negative percentages, that would be a filter you'd live your entire life through. Could it be postnatal um, depression from my mother, something like that? Uh huh. Yeah. Could, but it started before you. It started before you were born. It's not about you. Uh, but know about it then. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> That's true, but I want to help you in the broadest way possible today and the deepest way possible because, you know, I'm only going to be here a little time and, and you were brought forward and this work is important and we want to really be of service in the best way possible, if that's okay. Okay, good. So which one do you want me to do first? Do you want me to do loss of support first? No, I, got, I have to look at your mother. Wow. And I want to do loved, wanted, and safe. Okay, let's do that process first. 
This is all, a lot of this stuff going on with you has to do with your mother. There's some kind of connection that you have with her when you're in the womb, you know, you feel all the experiences that your mother's going through and sometimes core agreements are made in the womb. I'll be X so you can be Y. Or you feel their fear, terror, panic, or you feel the abuses that are happening to them and you embody them as your own, but they actually really don't belong to you at all. So I'm just going to do a real quick process here. We're going to go back in time to the moments. Let's see, do I want to go to conception? No, we'll go right before birth. We'll just go back in time right before birth. And this is going to involve your mother, your father, the midwife, the doctor, the nurses, whoever was involved in your birth, you, just to the moment before. We're going to go back a little bit longer. Hold on. And I'm running my pendulum backwards. And we're going to sort of adjust that whole frequency, right? The, we're going to adjust the frequency of that for you. For you, so we're going to remove the emotions of the beliefs, thoughts, and memories, either self-imposed, inherited, or by association, causing Jillian to feel unloved, unwanted, and unsafe at birth. That's a real big one. There. Okay. Now we're going to go forward, changing that energy for Jillian, her mother, anyone involved in her birth at the time for her to feel loved, wanted, and safe. And we're going to bring that all the way forward into present time. Now, if we were to check her and say, what percentage does she feel loved, wanted, and safe at birth? Well, that certainly changed things. If, if your client energetically isn't clean, they're not in balance. For instance, negative entities, yeah, yeah, right, all the basics, which I teach in my book, and I've got a little, pro I've got a cheat sheet here for that. So mass consciousness, negative entities, non-beneficial energetic patterns, that kind of stuff, curses, right, thought forms. If they're not clear, they're not going to be able to receive your work. Because if they've got negative entities or dense forces on them, it's going to affect your dowsing. It won't be true. So you make sure they're all cleaned up, they're in their bodies, right? Those are important things. Okay, so we can move on now. That filter's changed. And that's going to change everything moving forward. Because you'll no longer be looking through that lens of feeling unwanted, unloved, and unsafe. And sometimes it's subtle, and sometimes it's the big aha moment when you're outside in the world. Things change. Okay? And so we're done with mom, and we're done with that. All right, let's move on. We're going to look at loss of support. Anything I need to do before that? No. Okay. Loss of support for this eight-year-old girl. So here's what we're going to do. There's three ways to clear this. The first way is you can bring in the eight-year-old, invite in the higher self of the eight-year-old, right? And you can bring her in, invite her to the party. And Jillian would tell me the opposite definition of loss of support. So what would be the opposite of loss of support? The word for you. 
supported. Yeah, supported and anything else? What else would go with that? Supported. Trust. Supported, trust. Yeah, one other. Give me, give me another. Kindness. Yeah, like that. Kindness. That's a good one. Anything else? Okay, so what Jillian would do is I would say to her, she's given me kindness, trust, and supported. And I would say, what I want you to do is I want you to have a little treasure box. And in the treasure box, I want you to put three things that represent kindness, one that represents kindness, one that represents supported, and one that represents trust. And they have to be, you know, an eight-year-old has to kind of understand that. So you have to make them for an eight-year-old. So what would the three things be? Could be a photograph, could be a color, could be anything. So what would be one for kindness for you? A flower, a cloud, an animal. It doesn't matter. A doll. A doll. A doll? Great. So that's the doll of kindness. What's the one for trust? Holding hands. Holding hands. Great. And what's the symbol or icon for support? Talking. Yes. So here's what I'd like you to do. She's going to go to her eight-year-old on the inner planes, and she's going to present each of those treasures to this eight-year-old. And I'm just going to track her with my pendulum. I run it on a no, and when I get a yes, everything's complete. So go to your eight-year-old, tell her how beautiful she is, first of all. She's an amazing light being. We're so happy to have her. And then give her each of the treasures and explain to her exactly what they're for. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! There you go. She got it. She's quite happy, little girl. She really likes that. Well done. So now, as the eight-year-old, energetically, I want her to grow up with those treasures. I'm going to run my pendulum clockwise to be the current Jillian with all those tools and symbols all the way to present time and any place in between where she needed the trust or the kindness or the support it's all there because you have such a brilliant unconscious mind you can just do it all the way to present time and i run my pendulum until it's done done so when i go back and i look at this i say okay do i still see loss of support no it's gone do I see inadequacy? Nope. So is she emotionally all back in the line? Yep, she's back. It's done. So now her spirit and her emotion are back in the same place now. You're playing cricket in the room <laughs> instead of someplace else. Good work. So that's one example of how to do a real quick transformation. And she got to do it. That's one of three ways. There's Two other ways, I'm not going to get into them, they're in the book. So let's move on to the mental level now. Okay. 
so am I still going to do what the eight-year-old? No. And the eight-year-old's gone, and that thought form is gone, too. So this is, the emotional stuff is complete. This is all done. We're, we're complete with this. Okay. Well done. And she's happy. Okay. Mentally speaking, let's look at the mental body for a minute. You're so afraid that you're not good enough. There's this really, um, there's this, this inadequacy seems to thread through, but it doesn't come up as the word inadequate. It comes up as the word, I'm not good enough. It's not, I'm not worthy. It's, I'm not good enough. I'm really afraid that I'm just not good enough. And they're even shaking my pendulum on that. And this is all mental unconscious coming forward mentally do you ever feel that yeah she's nodding her head yes mentally I'm, I'm just not good enough Let, let's see if we can help you resolve that <laughs> okay so my team is quite funny sometimes they show me pictures and they say things to me because we try to keep it humorous since it's so heavy <laughs> can be so they want to know what you what your ideal what is good enough like what's the ideal good enough what is that tell me what someone who's really perfect in a mental like ideally what's the ideal perfect what does that look like someone who is and you can just start throwing out words Kind and Kind, serene. What else? There's, there's one more. Kind and serene. Loving. Loving. Ah, okay. Is there any more notes? So those three words, kind, serene, and loving at the mental level. So let me just pose this question to you. What is it that makes you think that you're not kind, serene, or loving? Because I can tell you, everybody in this room looks at you and sees it oozing out. You are the most kind, serene person I can think of at this very moment. What makes you think you're not already kind, serene, and loving? Um, being, being a perfectionist. Okay, go someplace else. Try something else. That's not it for today. Yes, you get yes, yes, say that. I try to control people. Yes. That's it. It and my pendulum registered registered it way before she could even say it. I got it two minutes ago. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I knew she was in it. I knew she was sitting in the idea. So there's this concept that if I try to control, I try to control everyone, therefore I can't be kind, serene, and loving. Right, okay, so that's the obstruction. That's really preventing her from seeing what we already see. Right? We already know she's fabulous. We want her to know she's fabulous. That's the presupposition to the work. I know how bright and light you are. I know how fabulous you are. I know that you are powerful beyond reason. Why do you not know this yourself? This is where we're going. 
And, we, and in this work, you help me to get there too. So let's look at this control idea for a minute. I try to control others, therefore I cannot be. Okay, let me see what they say about that. What is it, what are you trying to actually tell us about when I'm in control, I can't be? What does being controlling mean to you? It conveys the fear. Yes. Control is keeping her from being afraid. It's a little side, it's a little, another little sideways convolution. If I'm in control, then I can keep fear away. That's sort of the back door concept, right? Okay. So if you're not afraid, what are you? What's the opposite? There's no right answer. It's whatever you believe it to be. Very confident. Yeah. Brave and confident, you bet. And if you're brave and confident, then what? What's the next thing you get to do when you're brave and confident or feel? Be yourself. Yes, and what is yourself? What's that? You feel blessed, connected, maybe? Brave, confident, being yourself. What's the next? What else? Say more. What else do you get to do when you're brave and confident? Speak your truth. Yes. Worry what other people think. Yes. Exactly. That they're even shaking it on that one too. So you are using this concept of I'm not good enough because I control to remind you to speak your truth. That's a pretty odd breadcrumb to follow, but do you guys follow that? Did you see how that happened? So we started out with this fear, and then I asked her what that, controlling was keeping her from being kind and gentle and loving, which brought out fear, which brought out, um, oh, which brought out control, which she was, which brought fear, which when we looked at the opposite of fear, brought her all the way back to her truth. So you're starting out over here using this concept of control and fear to try to remind yourself to be loving and kind and in your truth and speak your truth because that's where you started. But somehow, instead of it going in a straight line, it went right. We just want to jump over all of that and go, you're kind and loving and you can speak your truth at the same time. And all the stuff in the middle, right? We don't need any of that. You don't need to be afraid of that. And I know that your unconscious mind can think of a hundred bazillion ways to speak your truth and be kind and loving without using fear and a concept of control to do it. And I get a big yes on that. Right? Yeah. So let's just check and see, did we get everything? We did, we did. So she's aware of her mental body now. So she's aware of her mental, yes, I get a yes. She's aware of her emotional, I get a yes. She's aware of her spiritual, I get a yes. She's aware of her physical, not quite. We gotta go to the physical level and find out what the holdup is. Okay, one more time. Physical, let's go to the physical, woohoo. Okay. You know what's going on with you at the physical. What's going on with you at the physical? 
They told me, you know, what's happening with you physically? Um, do you mean things that are going wrong? Yeah, sure. You can go there. Or things that say more about what things are. You don't have to name details. You can just say things are going wrong and. How's that? Well, I think I'm fit and healthy, but little things are going wrong, like little skin condition. Yes, I get that. Okay, so little things are going wrong. That's a big problem because it's keeping her from being in alignment. So if little things are going wrong in the physical system, what does that mean to her? Hold on. Okay, physical body. Let me look a second. Oh, I see. Okay, so what they told me was you're equating little things going wrong with your physical system as um, a, ma a manifestation of your spiritual body. You're equating, you're identifying your whole being with your physical system. So if little things are going wrong in the physical, then oh my God, the rest of me just must be really going. Then, uh, then my whole being, there's something wrong with my being. If there's something wrong with my physical, there's something wrong with my being. And that's absolute rubbish, as you would say. Because you are not your physical body, first of all. Are you aware of that? You are. You know that you're not your <laughs> She knows she's not her physical body. So we just have to remind you, you're not your physical body. And with the physical system... You know, it's part of the experience of being on planet Earth. We get to sit in chairs and, you know, write on chalkboards and, and, and be in a group and interact. And, and that's the beauty of having a physical system. You must also recognize the beauty of the idea that shifts and change happen in the physical body over time and space continuum. If you and I were yogis, true, like really realized yogis, you know, it wouldn't matter. We'd be laughing about this conversation, right? Because we know we're just, these are just packages and we're going to get another one. I mean, look at what we do to our packages over time. Come on, we burn them, we shoot them, we <laughs> bury them. So, you know, you got to step it up a little bit and recognize that the physical system, yeah, we're custodians of a physical body. This is our vehicle for our present personality on planet Earth. Good job, you made a beauty. It's a beauty, let me tell you. You've had, you have a good one. But the little aches and pains and things, that's, that's okay. It's okay. Be gentle, kind, and loving, not only with the mental, emotional, and spiritual parts of yourself, but be kind, gentle, and loving with the physical aspects of who you are. Got it? She does. She gets it completely. Is there anything else I need to work with 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 Jillian today. No. Well done. Thank you. I thank your teachers. I thank your teachers. I thank your inner healer. I thank God. That was really great. Let me give you a hug. Well done, love. Well done. You might want to drink a lot of water and, um, you know, if you feel like taking a nap, I would do it. And just allow this to settle in. It might take a few days. Or some people, it's instantaneous. So that's the bigger picture. If you can just do the emotional level and really master it with the steps, like before or whatever I had, 
you can go to these other places, but you've got to really do your homework. You have to, you have to look at your own emotional obstructions before you can help anybody else get there. I spent um, the better part of an entire year, at least five days a week, in front of my in my kitchen with my dowsing rod out at the time, and I couldn't get it in my purse all the time, so I switched to a pendulum. It wouldn't travel well. I did, but it was before I saw the extending ones, and um, so I did this. And I and the system is is foolproof. You will get success rate with it, no doubt, absolutely, hundred percent. Any questions? Is everyone awake? <laughs> yes. Can I just say, uh, yeah, that was incredibly brave of you, wonderful, and thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, can you get bitten? I mean, how, how, how can, you, can you find bad spirits coming back at you from these sessions? And obviously, no. we try and get psychic protection before we start. No. Or you don't. No. You wouldn't ground yourself before. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So here's how it works when I work or when I'm speaking. I, I, uh, I invite the highest, purest frequencies to work through me. And, um, and I've seen myself talk to large groups, much larger groups. And I, I shapeshift. I've seen my, I'm Native American sometimes. You have to really see it, but they come through. And I'm totally protected. For me, it's when I'm having dinner and, my sh and I'm not working, that's, that's when I get in trouble. <laughs> that's, it's the opposite for me. When I'm working, it's like, you know. Unless there's something really, really, um, something that's really resonating with me in a big wounded way and lately that's been coming up where I have to seriously look at what's pushing my buttons and and I took the psychic protection class but and and so what I've realized is that if I'm getting if something's coming to me I'm attracting it in some way I am not a victim to it what is it I'm supposed to do am I supposed to be in forgiveness Am I supposed to give forgiveness? Am I supposed to clear myself? Am I supposed to cut cords? What what am I what is it that I need to do? And so I started doing the uh, little psychic protection prayer because of that class. Um, anyway, now so that I can get through the rest of my day when I'm not working um, without any um, incidents. Right? But when I'm working, it's it's pretty good unless unless my ego gets involved, and in which case it's all downhill from there, right? <laughs> Been burned a few times, you know. Yeah, of course, because I'm human. So when the ego gets involved, watch out, teenagers. <laughs> it's not fun. I'm sure you've all experienced that. Anything else? Any other questions? No? Yes? No? Okay. Yes? Do you find that you're able to do them more than one? You sort of you were working with reading one aspect, but in a session, would that be enough? Would you move on to more stuff as well? Or? Um, well, I do four, at least four clients a day. And how long is a session? How long is a piece of stuff? Thirty-five minutes. To f I never go over fifty-five. When I start getting tired, they say you're done, and wherever I am, I say I'm done. I'm done. 
they tell me. I can hear it, or I can begin to feel it because I I I come in and out. So, um, yeah. But we accomplished a lot. It it would have taken me years ago or to an hour and a half just to do the emotional level. This is amazingly speedy, but you have to work up to it. If you have the foundation, then you can cherry pick. You know, if you know the protocols, you can start cherry picking what's beneficial. Yeah. These things would come into your head. Yeah, your I, I hear them. them. Yeah, I hear. I get pictures. Sometimes they show me pictures, or I hear. I hear them talking to me, or. Um, I'll hear the voice of the person sometimes, their inner healer telling me things. Just really depends on. But I trust my team implicitly. I never, ever doubt my sessions. Ever. Because that is the spiral to destruction, and I never doubt. I've been given privilege to do this work, and I honor it. And I don't doubt my team. And every time I have, I've gotten into trouble. It's a red herring or a smoke screen. I've gone down, you know, some slippery slope. I've even gone as far as, you know, the grass is greener, right? So I'm going to go and find and work with somebody who has something that I don't have. And then I spend weeks apologizing to my team, um, being totally disconnected. And they're like, you've got access to all this. What are you doing? <laughs> so you needed to get knocked about a bit, did you? Okay. But your process was very much getting the information out yeah. rather than telling. Right. You have to tell at some time. Right. But it's really important that this process there was Yes. And that you don't tell. Right. Because it's about accessing their unconscious. And, you know, I look at emotions like a disco ball or words. And, you know, one disco ball would be, say, abandonment. And every little mirror on that disco ball is, is an interpretation of abandonment from that person's perspective over lifetimes. So the things that she said may have been so, but they weren't so for right now. And you just keep ticking off the little mirrors as the client as you work with the client. So someone says, well, I worked on that last time. I say, Gee, you know, how many lifetimes have you had of this? And, you know, how ingrained is your neural pathways? So, yes, it's very important that the interpretation come from her. But it has to be specifically around what the issue, what, that's why I say to her, maybe, but don't go, try something else. But when you said that, you knew what she had to do, presumably. I knew there was something else that needed to come. Did you know what it was? No. Right. I just track with this. I don't listen unless they tell me in advance. Oh, we're going to work on fear. Or we're going to work on something else. Yeah. So I just track. You know, you guys know how to do that, right? This is a tracking method. So no one ever has to say anything. I just, I can, I, when I'm on the phone with him, I can say, don't even say it out loud if it's too whatever embarrassing. And then all of a sudden I go, whoa, stop right there. What is that you're thinking? And then I hear a groan on the other end of the phone. Oh. <laughs> I don't hear it in my mind. I let my pendulum hear it. So I'm not invading their privacy. But it's a great thing to be able to do. Practice tracking. It's really brilliant. I think they call it blind dowsing, but I call it tracking because it's a cool thing. Yes! 
any more, any more questions? Oh, and you'll notice I have some NLP thrown in there. I've merged my NLP practice with my um, dowsing practice because I found it really effective. <coughs> like the treasure box, that was all NLP. And last but not least, I do homework, so to speak. <laughs> I work from home on Skype or telephone, and um, please feel free to book me. You know, call me, write me, email me, whatever you need to do. If you, I love you and I support you on your journey, and I thank you for coming. And thanks to Melinda there for a fascinating workshop, and I hope you found that uh, as interesting as I did. Uh, well, that's all we have for you today. Adventures in Dowsing comes from the British Society of Dowsers in Hanley Swan, England. For more details about the society and to find out how we can help you get more out of your dowsing, please see our website at britishdowsers.org. And please do get in touch with us with your comments. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us on podcast at britishdowsers.org. You can also post messages on our forum. And remember, you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube these days. Full details on the main website, britishdowsers.org. Thanks for listening. Many thanks to Hilary Brooks, Ian Pegler, and Not For Pussies for the music. And be sure to join me next time for more adventures in dowsing.